Welcome to the Free Life Agents Podcast, where we help real estate agents build a lifestyle they never need a vacation from. Here's your host, Kobe Zen. All right, welcome back to the Free Life Agents Podcast. This should be FLA number number 35. I think this is what, uh, what the episode number is. Uh, could be off on that. I'm not uh, really sure, but it's around that area. But it doesn't matter because <laughs> it doesn't matter because we we have a guest today that's going to overshadow all of that you know uh, all of that trivial crap. Um, the guest today is a, a real powerhouse real estate investor, real estate agent, and real estate team leader. Um, we're going to be talking all about investing and why real estate agents should invest in real estate and how they can do it. So um, without further ado, I want to bring on my guest today. I'm uh, really grateful to call him a mentor and a friend as well. But uh, the founder of Real Estate Investment Fundamentals, Brant Phillips. Welcome, Brant. What's up, everybody? What's up, Kobe? How are you, man? Uh, I'm good. I'm even better now that we're on this uh, we're on this podcast, and I finally get to interview you. You're the last person from our EXP leadership line that I get to interview here on my podcast, so I'm super save, excited about it. Save the best for last. I've uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, save the best for last. But um, I mean, uh, I'm sure there's people listening to this this here that know who you are. But for those that don't know you um, and don't know your resume and how impressive it is, um, would you mind just kind of introducing yourself for the uh, for the listeners here to kind of tell us about who you are and uh, going through like that journey of how you got into becoming such a great investor? Yeah, thank you, man. Um, yeah, I, you know how you know impressive my background is or whatever, you know, just for what it's worth, you know, it's it's not as impressive as I like it, right? Like I'm always growing and striving to do more, but um, I, you know, I'm a real estate entrepreneur and um, didn't always know that about myself or that I was even an entrepreneur. I just, how I got here though, was I was a very disgruntled human being, okay? With, I, I was not happy with the trajectory of my life. Um, I had, you know, after serving, seven years in law enforcement. And um, I, I got married, my wife and I had a child and just decided to make a change. And I, I was happy in law enforcement, but with, there's a lot of politics that are there that I didn't get along with. And then obviously you're not gonna make a lot of money, which I really didn't care about. Like making a lot of money was never really a big thing on my, my life list. Uh, I was more, you know, uh, I guess, you know, pursuing just being happy and, you know, doing something I enjoy doing and things like that. And I, I didn't have a lot of goals and things like that in life other than just kind of be happy and, and do something I enjoyed and, you know, have a, have a uh, good marriage and a great family and things like that. And so law enforcement wasn't helping me reach the, the family goals, right? So left law enforcement for corporate America and, you know, wanted the standard work hours and stuff like that. And I absolutely hated it from day one. And so that kind of led me to like, all right, what else, what else is out there? And so at that point to get everybody low context, that was <clears throat> a little over 15 years ago. Um, I'm 47 now. And so it was kind of in the early thirties when I first went to corporate America, I was, um, I guess I was about 30 years old and, you know, hated that day one. I stuck it out. First two years, I just did it and 
complained and kind of bitched and moaned about it, but I didn't take action to do anything really about it other than read a few little books here and there and dabble. But I wasn't really committed to making a change because I was getting the the golden handcuffs, so to speak. I'm like, well, I can get promotions here. I've got a company car. I could get raises. I could climb the corporate ladder. But to be honest, man, like those were thoughts that were just, you know, they were depressing (laughs) to me. So after about two years, I just kind of said, all right, enough's enough. What, what, what can I do here? And I really began, this is how, you know, all change begins, right? It's just getting that mindset of like being committed to something. And so I absolutely made up my mind, like, I'm going to do something different. I don't know what. And then, you know, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, met a couple of people, attended a couple of events, read a couple more books. And I just went full-fledged in real estate. Um, and I was wet behind the ears. And this was 2007. And um, at that point in time, I feel like I'm going on a little too long, but I'll speed it up. My wife and I were at a point where, you know, we had, when we got married, we had zero financial knowledge. Uh, we did a lot of stupid things. I mean, we like, we put like wedding stuff on a credit card. We both had student loans, et cetera, et cetera. And we went through a Dave Ramsey thing. We had just finished it up and we went through Dave Ramsey training at our church, which was good. Um, Cause we didn't have even that knowledge of like, there's, bad debt and we had a lot of it and so we cleaned it up got to a point where like we were debt free and then I learned about good debt (laughs) from Robert Kiyosaki right and so Dave Ramsey like there's no such thing as good debt it's all bad it's all evil and then and so it had like this little you know like the cartoons where you've got like the angel and the devil on your shoulder that's how I felt like I'm like I've got Dave Ramsey talking in one ear it's like all oh, debt is bad. No, no. And then Robert Kiyosaki's over here is like, no, there's good debt and leveraged debt and all this type of stuff. So I literally used a credit card because my wife and I in an apartment. We had no money. And I you borrowed $7,000 against a credit card. We had just paid off to buy a rental property. And, and Kobe from there, kind of the rest they say is history. You know, I bought 10 rentals that year, um, pr- basically with no money down um or leveraged money from credit cards and uh, bought 10 rentals that year 10 rentals my second year via partnerships bought a few more in 2009 all was to work in my full-time job I didn't quit my job I kept my job while I built up my portfolio and my income and my just my skill sets so that I could feel confident going full-time and then 2009 you know I went full-time pulled the plug from my job and that's why I said I'm just a real estate entrepreneur. Um, I am very ADD, uh, like a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people out there. And, um, and I've just kind of pursued it. And so, you know, since I started, you know, we flipped hundreds of homes. We've done new construction development, RV parks, mobile home parks. I've done uh, multiple, uh, you know, ran a coaching program for many years and ran a lot of live events. We've uh, do a lot of private lending. We've done syndication deals on land deals, uh, development deals, uh, written a few books and, you know, built a, a fairly large team, hundreds of agents here at EXP. 
Um, and I know that's how you and I paths crossed. And man, that's it, man. I'm just a hard charging real estate entrepreneur. Love what I do and love helping others to just, you know, educate, inspire and equip for them to go out and do the same. Right. That's awesome, man. I mean, like just to, I mean, giving people context here, like when we think of investing, especially with the agents on my team or people kind of in our, in our network, I always say, oh, you got to talk to Brant, you know, you got to talk to Brant. Brant's like the godfather of investing <laughs> in real estate. He owns multiple mobile home parks, development deals, different things like that. If you can name it in real estate, Brant's done it, Brant's doing it. Um, and then when you hear like your story, um, you kind of just started out in a position where it's not even, you can almost think of it like you were almost in a position of, you know, disadvantage, right? You guys were, you said you use credit card loans to kind of get started in real estate. And you guys didn't have like a lot of money. Like when people think of big investors, they think, oh, this person's loaded and he's an engineer, right? So I guess my question to you is there's a lot of real estate agents who listen to this podcast that would like to invest in real estate. Uh, and I mean, they educate people on it day in and day out, but they just haven't pulled the trigger yet. So what would be like your advice to them and how would they approach this situation of, Hey, I'm an agent, but you know, I haven't really invested yet. And I want to be at Brant's level. Yeah. So that's, that's literally like one of my favorite questions, right? So I get that all the time and it, it all starts, it all starts with mindset, right? Yeah. So you mentioned REI fundamentals, one of my training courses, just it's, everything starts with your mindset, right? And your commitment level. So if, if you are truly, truly committed to pursuing real estate and investing in real estate, you'll find a way. And that's, that's basically what I did. And so many others have gone before me, right? And so like the number one uh, kind of excuse that I love to hear is like one, you know, my students or one of our agents, someone I talk to is like, man, I'd love to invest in real estate, but I don't have any money. I love when I hear that because number one, that's how I got started, right? It's just a limit. It's just a limiting belief. And, and I'm not picking on anybody. I have limiting beliefs. I have said things to my coaches and mentors, you know, where I'm like, man, I can't because of this. And they're like, really, do you want to hold on to that thought? Or do you want to like look for ways to overcome it? And so that's how it starts. And the thing too, with, with real estate, the reason that I was drawn to real estate, like I was literally just walking through like Barnes and Nobles and I saw this book on, you know, Robert Allen, like no money down. And I'm like, no money down, like sign me up because I had no money. And, and so real estate has a lot of ways to be extremely creative, right? Like when it comes to doing a real estate deal, investing in a deal, there's, there's basically two ways that you can get deals. One is like with money, right? To generate marketing or just go buy a house or go buy a deal. Number two is your effort, right? Kind of your hustle marketing to put deals together, bird dogging, knocking on doors, cold calling, all these types of things. You can generate a deal and you can exchange your time, energy, and effort, right? To get yourself into a deal. Kobe, you and I were talking just right before this call, right? right. One of your agents, I met with him at a property yesterday, because he's been hustling his tail off, literally driving for dollars, has a, con a deal under contract. I met him over there, you know, and, and, and he's saying, man, like, I'd love to do a deal. I don't have any, you know, capital right now, but I'm looking to get my feet wet. And what did we talk about? I said, dude, I'll do the deal with you. I'll JV with you if the numbers work, right? So that's what I would say is just, you know, if you're just getting started out and you don't have any money, 
like be be excited about that don't be like oh whoa shucks i wish i could do this or i you know woe is me no like just embrace like that's where you are on this trajectory and we all start somewhere that's exactly where i started but just know there's as much opportunity out there for you uh essentially as there are with people with money and then another thing i'll just add to that with my with my coaching students when we do our initial like coaching consultations and things like that one of the questions i ask them is like how much money do you have to invest in real estate or how much are you willing to invest sometimes they're like i got a thousand bucks sometimes they're like i got a million dollars like it, it it varies but i always have the same response for them whether or not how much capital they have or if they have none but if someone comes to me let's say for example someone comes to me says brant i want to invest in real estate I have $100,000 to invest. What I'm actually going to tell them is number one, I need you to pretend like you have no money. Okay. And this is a mindset thing too. And this has been huge for me. And if I'm elaborating too long, just tell me to hush because I'll go on, on tangents. No, this is perfect. Yeah. But I'll say, hey, I need you to just pretend like you do not have access to that money. You're starting broke as a joke. And you have to figure it out without that. And so what that does, and that's how I started out. So it ingrained in me in this mindset, like, how can I get deals done with no money down? Because if someone comes to me and let's say they've got $100,000 and they want to buy, build a portfolio of rental properties, what they're probably going to do is say, okay, I can put about 20,000 down or let's say $25,000 down per property. Therefore, I can buy four, four rental properties over the next year. So what's going to happen is if they go out and do that, there's nothing wrong with that. But let's say they go out and do that. Year two comes along where that like, oh, no, I can't invest in real estate because I don't have any money. So they've built that mindset, uh, that conditioned response set for me to do real estate. I have to have money. And so what I learned from the very beginning was that real estate's very creative. What I need to work on is putting really, really good deals together. Because if I put really good deals together, I know that I can get 100% financing. And that, that is 100% true to me and to the real estate world. It's not inherently true to me. It's inherently true to everybody. So what I would say is like work really, really hard on putting really, really good deals together. Because what I found is I always say like people say, hey, how do you raise private money, for example? I'm like, well, you got to do two things, right? You operate in honesty and integrity right? Transparency. And you bring really good deals to the table because capital, money, private money, you know, lender money, whatever it is, um, it's attracted to good, honest, you know, people of integrity who have like a legitimate business plan and they've got a really good deal. And so once you do that, like the sky's the limit and I'll even give you, you know, just case in point in my progression, something I was going through a few years ago, um, a buddy of mine brought a deal to me to buy a hundred, hundred acres of raw land. It was really big. One of the you know, bigger deals I've worked up to on that point on to that point, brought this deal and said, Hey man, like, I think we got to buy this. Like it's super cheap. We can sell it for this, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, it was out of my comfort zone, but did enough due diligence research. It's like, all right, man, I'm all in. So I raised the money for it. Okay. And we raised the money, created like a little syndication deal, boom, closed it. We hadn't closed on it for like two weeks. And my buddy comes back to me and he's like, dude, I just found an even better piece of land. I think we need to buy. 
This is like one of my really good uh-huh. friends for a long time. I'm like, dude, I no, like just no. Like we just closed on this. I did all that. There's no way I can possibly close on an, uh, this this other piece of land. And and so long story short, like you've heard the people say, like, I eat my own cooking, right? Like there's yeah. a lot of gurus who teach it, but they don't they preach right. it, they don't live it, you know. So I, I eat my own cooking. So I really was thinking about it because my my partner is like, and he's he's out in the field, he's boots on the ground, work with engineering engineering guys, stuff like that. And and I'm I'm the money man. Right. So he's like, dude, you really need to like look at this and so I had to like really look at him like okay what do I teach to my students am I exemplifying that I'm like no I'm, I'm basically backing down because I'm, I'm scared mindset and so long story short you know um, we ended up closing on that property now we we put it under contract we had like six months of feasibility went back and forth but it just it was like a no-brainer deal and I raised all that the money for that deal as well. We closed it. And since then, we've closed another land deal and we're about to close another one. And I'm using those same principles, guys, is that if the deal makes sense, operate, you know, we'll always operate with transparency, integrity. We're adding tons of value for our lenders, for our partners on these deals. And I'm taking that same mindset of like, no, I can buy as much land or do as much real estate deals or mobile home park deals as I want, right? Because real estate's very creative. Now, it may mean that I'm creative in negotiating the deal. And that's another reason it's really good to have that mindset that you don't have any money because it forces you to negotiate a better deal. And so that's the beauty of taking on that mindset of like, it's, I don't, I don't like to use the word like it's a broke mindset, you know, because, but it is kind of like a, no, like we don't have any money. How can I make this deal work? It's going to force you to negotiate deals better. It's going to force you to raise money better, things like that. And so that's, that's kind of what I would recommend to someone just getting started out. Like, no, it's, it's okay that you don't have any money temporarily. Like you want to fix that, right? Obviously. But even if you start getting capital, you may want to still have that same mindset and, and, and just real transparent. What I do, Kobe, is I raise a hundred percent capital on almost all my deals. Rarely do I put money in a deal unless it's very short term because we can borrow money at like five to 8%. So what I do is I raise money on all my deals, um, which is good for my lenders too, because they're always looking to deploy capital and I can, my cost of capital is usually in that five to 8% range. And then I loan my money out. I do invest my money into real estate, but I invest it with other people, right? Other deals where I can earn 10 to 15, 20, 25% return on my money. Uh, and I can borrow at eight if that makes sense. So, you know, that's just kind of getting a little bit further into it, but that's the progression. It's like, you can start with no money down, you know, if you're willing to trade some time, energy, and effort into putting really good deals together. Right. Definitely. I love that because you're operating from an abundance mindset where the opportunities are abundant versus, you know, the traditional way of thinking is I have this much capital myself Yeah. and there's no, there's no leverage, right? There's no leverage yeah. in just putting your own money down into yeah. everything yeah. and, you know, not being creative, like you said, looking yeah. around you and seeing what else can you leverage to make this work yeah. instead of just finding excuses as to why it wouldn't work. Yeah. And then to a real important point 
that I want to make too about that. Okay, this is incredibly important is this. So what, when I'm saying I raise 100% of my capital from other people, I want to clarify though, it's, it's not because I'm trying to uh, avoid all, you know, risk avoidance and things right. like that. And if you are in the, if you're out there and you're brand new and you're looking to raise money, what I want to stress to you, like really, really stress to you is that you take a step back. When I started raising money for deals, I remember I came home one time and I had been meeting with some private lenders and things like that. And a couple of private lenders like said, yes, like, you know, in the very beginning right. uh, when I had not even been trying too hard and I came home and told my wife about it. She's like, that's awesome. You know, like, that's great. That's what, you know, what you wanted. But at the same time, I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders because it's a big responsibility, right? To whom much you can give it, to whom much is given, much is required. So what I told my wife back then, I said, you know, um, it is good, but that you, you have to understand, I was kind of putting in context with my wife, like these are people's retirement funds, whatever source of money is, it's their money. It's not our money. And if anything happens, if anything goes wrong, because I was still in kind of an ugly real estate market and there was a lot of uncertainty. I was like, um, our lenders are going to get paid. We'll sell our house because we had moved into a house out of the apartment. I'm like, we'll sell our house. We'll sell everything. My lenders are, are always going to be taken care of. So I've always had that mindset. And right. that's what I'm most proud about in real estate. After you know doing 400 some, some odd deals now, I have a 100% track record of performance with my lenders. Even when I've lost money on deals, my lenders have always been paid 100% every to penny that I owe them uh, that I agree to pay them, right? So what you don't want to do is just be like, well, Brent said I can raise a bunch of money and go put in these bad deals and putting, put, you know, putting good money on bad deals is not a recipe for success. So I just want to really make that clear is that there is an organization out there called the SEC, Security Exchange Commission, and you can end up in jail and just ruin your reputation if, if you go do bad deals. I've seen a lot of real estate investors do that. So when I say I'm raising money, I want, I want this to be clear, right? And some of my syndications, I've put, I put skin in the game you know, to make my investors feel good. But, but you're right, Kobe, like in today's day and age, and I talk with a lot of people about this, um, you know, it's almost impossible. Yeah, it's almost impossible to get wealthy in today's day and age without leverage, right? We have to learn to use leverage. Now, it's not always debt leverage. Uh, it is in my world, that's a majority of it, but we leverage other people, team members, technology, uh, different models like EXP, for example, is like a great model where we can leverage. But you have to learn to use debt and money to leverage in real estate or else you're not going to really be able to to scale or create wealth at, at a you know at a decent amount so but i just want to caution everybody like you know it's so important to me it's like my lenders are like worth their weight in gold and i just make sure it's like anything they give me they're getting back plus their interest and things like that and i've, I've never walked away from a deal i see it happen people leaving lenders high and dry. So that's just kind of one of my mission statements is to really take care of lenders first and foremost. And hopefully everyone listening to this has that same mindset. And if you don't, I wouldn't raise money, basically. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's probably why you became essentially, you wrote the book on 
raising private money, right? And then everybody that I've talked to so far uh, that I I respect from a, an investor's point of view, which is yourself, Chris Bounds, and Matt Gardner, all have said the same thing: is a hundred percent track record yeah. raising private money. A hundred percent, they come first, and then that's something that I've seen in a different way for myself personally as well is when an agent joins my team, um, that agent's business becomes priority over mine. And I need to make sure they're taken care of because they're putting their trust in me, their life, essentially, like you said, in this business and they chose me and I have a responsibility, right? Like, like Spider-Man, right? With great power comes with great responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I love that, man. And, um, so kind of, kind of going off that a little bit, uh, there's probably a lot of people who listen to this and they, they are excited. They understand it now. They've, they've heard it and they, they get that they need to use leverage, right? But they're, they're still afraid. And they're essentially, they're afraid to kind of step in and use private money uh, and use other people's money uh, when they haven't done a deal yet. So from a tactical standpoint, and maybe you can even tie it in into, you know, having, you know, if you're a realtor, if you have a real estate license, how that might be able to help. But from a tactical standpoint, would you advise somebody who's never done a real estate deal in their life to start raising private money or with, you know, 100% financing or maybe take a step back there? It depends, right? Which is my answer to every real estate question. (laughs) Like it depends. Like some people, they come in and they're brand new, wet behind the ears. They, you know, if they don't have any, not only real estate experience, no you know, uh, business experience or construction management experience, things like that, probably, you know, probably not. Like, it's not a good idea to just, just go straight into private money. I would steer them, I would steer them towards like a hard money lender. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started like my first, you know, 15, 20 deals were with a hard money lender. And that acts as a good safeguard, right? So that hard money lenders looking over your shoulders, they're in the business of lending money professionally. And they like, they're just a good sounding board. Right. So I remember one of the first hard money lenders that I worked with, he said yes to my first five, six, seven deals and anything I brought him, he said, yes, 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 yes. And then one day I sent a deal to him. He said, no. And honestly, like my ego was probably getting a little too inflated too quickly because I was like, oh, David doesn't want to loan to me on this. I'm going to show him, I'm going to go get somebody else to loan to me. And I got kind of irritated by it. And then, uh, you know, I remember talking to my wife. I'm like, David says he's not going to loan me money on this deal. And she's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to go find somebody else, you know. And I was like, like laying in bed that night. And I was like, you know, a little moment of humility and just, you know, of intelligence. And I'm like, wait a second. David's in the business of loaning money. We have a good relationship. He's loaned to me on a bunch of deals. David doesn't want to loan money on this deal. Maybe it's in my best interest to really figure out why. <laughs> and so I went to him. I was like, dude, I'm not going to lie. Like, I got kind of pissed off when you told me that. And I didn't even ask you questions. I was just going to go find somebody else. Why don't you want to loan me money on this deal? And he told me, well, there's this, this, and this. And to be honest, like, it was the biggest, gnarliest, hairiest rehab I'd gotten into in a, like a questionable area. And I was like, you know what? those are really good points. And I really appreciate you, man, because I, I'm not going to move forward on this deal. And so that's when I really learned, I'm like, man, this, my hard money lender, even though he charges high rates and things like that, he was really, he was a team member, right? he was an asset. 
So when you're starting out, I would recommend the hard money lender route, even if you're somebody new uh, and you've got business experience, all those types of things, I still think it's a really good place to start, even though your cost of capital is going to be a little bit more, but you're learning that you're going to gain from that is going to be, you know, tremendous. And then you can take that into uh, raising private capital, you know, things like that, and just be much more experienced and just really honestly, like, be able to provide more value to a lender, being being able to safeguard them a better, a little bit better now that you've been through a few deals. And then other options, Kobe, would be, you know, partnering with an experienced investor, things like that, you know, um, but, you know, the path for everyone is different. I've trained a lot of people that have come in and done their first deal with private money. You know, a lot of my agents, you know, of our agents uh, come to me and I loan to them, but I'm not your typical lender. I can oversee things and kind of mentor them also. Um, but yeah, it's, it's depends for everybody, but I would just caution everybody um, before going straight in with private money. If you're going on your own without some type of mentoring or help along the way. Right. Definitely. Cause you don't like, that's part of being responsible to your lenders, right. Is having the knowledge to actually, you know, follow through what you, to do what you said you were going to do yeah. and having a little bit of experience. And from what I've heard, you know, having hard money lenders, they're actually there to help you and make sure the deal either works or if it doesn't work, they're like in your situation, they'll tell you, Hey, this doesn't work. And this is why. So it's actually a really good way to kind of get started in real estate. Yeah. And then like for, for, you know, for agents or agent investors yeah. listening to this, uh, maybe people on, you know, your team or people yeah. looking, it's like, there's also this, the psych psychology of it as well. Yeah. Let's just say like, Hey, some people are like, man, hard money lender is so expensive. I've got, you know, my neighbor, or my cousin or my rich uncle, I can borrow money from them at, you know, 5% or whatever it may be. And no points, it's a lot cheaper. You know, it's true. But let's say you go out and you do a bad deal. Okay, right out from the get go. Like a lot of times it's not always, it's sometimes a financial loss that people suffer a major financial loss. Uh, it wipes them out. And they're, they're not only done like financially, uh, but they can be done psychologically. So, you know, I had a deal that I did, the, the second, I'm sorry, the first flip deal that I did, and it was a horrible experience. And I lost my life, like $5,000 or something at the end of the day. But I, it took me out for a while psychologically because I put so much time and effort into this deal. And I didn't have much money then. $5,000 was a big deal to me. Um, so it's kind of like riding a bike. I, I'm teaching my daughter to ride a bike right now. And it's, a, you know, slope. I have five kids. So it's been a, you know, different process for each one. But if I just put her on the bike and like shoved her, you know, and then she crashed and got hurt, like psychologically, she may not want to ride a bike ever again, or at least for a long, long time. And so treat your investing business like that, like just be a little cautious, like use your training wheels, you know, maybe even for a little bit longer than you like. And if you do that, not only like a big part of being successful in real estate is just staying in the game, right? Like wealth is, it. it's a long-term game. So don't sacrifice the long-term for the short-term, which I see a lot of people do. I've done it myself on certain occasions. So just keep that in mind. Like, what is your long-term game, right? Like you're starting at A, right? You want to get to B, right? Like how do you 
bridge this gap, it may be in your best interest to pay a little bit higher interest and fees to get that mentoring in the beginning so that you can reach your long-term goal, which is the most important. Yeah. Love it. Staying in the game long enough, right? That's always kind of been my motto is persistence. Um, you know, sometimes it can feel like you're moving at a snail's pace, but I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll last every single other person that's, that's around me and I'll I'll be the only person left. So it's a, it's a great mindset to, to have, but, um, kind of wrapping this up a little bit here, you know, you're at EXP Realty, you're an agent, um, as well. Um, kind of, kind of walk us through, you know, how that decision went about maybe, or, you know, what are some ways that agents on your team are benefiting uh, by partnering up with you and how, you know, how you can actually help agents that are, are joining you, joining us uh, with your real estate investments uh, fundamentals course that we've, I've actually seen a lot of people have some success with as well. Yeah, man. So I was, I was an easy sell when I saw (laughs) EXP. Um, And so I've had my license since 2009, right? To kind of like paint that picture was I got my license right before I quit my, my J-O-B. It was just like, just in case um, my investing plan doesn't work out. Um, I, you know, will do listings or whatever it takes to, to make sure I can provide for my family. So I got my real estate license uh, as a backup, but I didn't, I didn't use it much, even in my own business, because I had uh, an agent who I was already working with and they did a great job and it was like a flat fee kind of thing. And so they listed most of my stuff, my flips, my rentals, all that kind of stuff. And that, that was working for me in my business. So I didn't really need to change that. And so, so I had my license, didn't use it a ton, just use it very sparingly uh, over the years. And, um, but the, the bottom line was, was my mindset, you know, with, with the real estate license was, you know, if I was using my license, the fact of the matter, I was trading my time for money in one way, former, even though I was listing my own properties, like I'm still doing listings, maybe taking calls, emails, I'm trading my time for a portion of money. So I did, didn't love that model already. Right. Like we love leverage income models and things like that. And everyone on our team knows about, you know, all of the, the wealth of knowledge that Connor is to us and the mentoring that he provides also. So we know how important leverage versus, you know, active income is. So, you know, my license just, it didn't do much for me and in, in that sense. And so when I saw EXP, I really saw EXP as, as a leverage model that I could use to fill up what I call essentially the three buckets uh, of, of income or wealth creation, right? So we've got our active bucket, we've got our passive income or leverage income bucket, and we've got to create a, a wealth creation bucket. And it may be too long to kind of dive into that too much. But what I see in the world of investing is, is people, you know, your first things first is filling up your active income bucket, whether that's a job, whether it's, you know, your uh, business, whether you flip houses, if you're wholesaling houses, there's something that we all need to do to make sure that we have enough income coming in on a monthly basis. And it's for most people, it's active income uh, to meet and exceed your bills, right? Once you do that, now, all right, let's start looking. And you can do these simultaneously, but start adding income to your passive income bucket, right? Rental properties, owner finance notes, uh, mobile home parks, things like that. But an income source where you're able to use leverage and less, maybe a little bit of time, but not much time. 
And as you start to fill that bucket, you can really begin to fill up, you know, your wealth creation bucket. Now you have disposable income to invest in other people's deals into stocks, funds, you know, Bitcoin, whatever it may be. And so those are the three buckets. And so and that's the quickest I've ever talked about the three buckets. But when I saw when I saw EXP, I was like, EXP will essentially fill up all of those buckets at the same time, right? So if I if I do or choose to perform listings or listings of my own, it will create income for me and my family. And also just give everyone some context. Whenever I moved to EXP, you know, I, I run a, a full-time investing company, obviously. So I had an agent on uh, full-time with my company that was doing all my listings. Okay, so that all my listings were going through somebody else. So when I, when I transitioned to EXP, I moved those listings back under my license and I still was able to pay that person the same thing, by the way, but I moved those listings mm-hmm. under my license. Mm-hmm. So was it active income? It was, it was definitely income, you know, on that side of things. But then what it did simultaneously was it began to fill up my passive income bucket because I started, you know, mentioning it to other agents, things like that. Hey, have you heard about EXP? Look at this model, things like that. And as my, my, my team of agents grew, that income grew. And now it's substantial. It's six-figure income for me annually. And that's, that's, but it's very passive, right? It's, it's leverage. There's time involved. I'm not going to say there's not. But it began to fill up that bucket. And then at the same time, you know, EXP was saying, hey, we're going to give you ownership in the company. We're going to give you stock in the company. I'm like, nobody else is offering this. Why? You know, I need to take a, at least take a look at it. And I did. I'm like, I think I like free stock. So that essentially began filling up my wealth bucket, right? And so now I've got like 15, 16,000 shares of the stock. And so it filled up all those buckets at the same time. And we could talk about, you know, uh, the medical benefits, because my wife and I have five children. So we save over a thousand dollars a month just on the medical plan. And there's all these different bells and whistles, as you know, but that was for me, that was kind of the lens that I put on. Um, I'm very, you know, business minded, business focused. I don't do things just emotionally or whatever, just because it's cool or hip or the next big thing. It was really, I'm like, this is a no brainer business decision for me because it was going to you know be the best thing for me and my family and and that that's why I made the switch and it was the the other story with it was though is like there's all I mean there's opportunities everywhere and ways to make money but there's also the time factor Mm -hmm. and I do work a lot wife and five kids kids in sports this and that travel and I looked at it and you know I'm I'm also hard-grained to say no to like hardwired to say no to a lot of opportunities because then you're just chasing squirrels. So I've been really good, like with all the stuff that I do, it is in the same real estate umbrella, right? Like I'm not, you know, whatever, open up a food truck. Um, It's all in the real estate sphere, but I really, I just, I almost, I didn't want to do it though because of time. Yeah. And because um, it was still fairly new and I had never heard of it before until I heard of it. And I, and I sat down with my wife. I said, all right, I think it's probably worth at least 30 minutes to like watch this video. Um, but I told my wife, like, I really need you to convince me not to do this because obviously we don't have time. I don't want to add anything else to my plate. Yeah. And um, although I knew I wanted to do it and I 
I had my wife watch the video and she watched the video. She didn't say a word, she just watched it. And then she just looked at me and she's like, you better do that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know that's yeah. the wise thing to do. So I did it. Right. Awesome. And I'm super glad that you did. Cause if you hadn't, you know, none of us would be here right now. Most. So yeah. 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 Grateful that you did and uh, grateful to be your partner. So really quick, just to wrap this up, Brant, for people listening to this that want to reach out to you, that want to work with you uh, either uh, with EXP or get your free training as well. Uh, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you or, or, or get access to that? Yeah. Easiest thing. Just go to brantphillips.com. Awesome. Brantphillips.com. Yeah. You'll find pretty much anything you want to know about Brant Phillips. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Keeping it simple on the same place, but Brant, thank you so much for, uh, for being on the uh, podcast today. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you've ever done for us here at EXP as well. And uh, grateful to be your partner and to continue building out uh, this team of agents that, you know, we've had going on as well. So uh, yeah. thanks again, Brant. Likewise, my brother. I appreciate you. Yep. No problem. Thanks you guys for tuning in and I'll see you guys next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Free Life Agents Podcast. For more resources or to connect with us further, please visit our website, www.freelifeagents.com. We'll see you next time.